Well, good morning. How are you all doing, church? There are so many ways that I'd like to greet you this morning. Um, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the church and uh, what that means. And I just want to greet you from that place of truth this morning. So good morning, people of God. Good morning, bride of Christ, family of the Father. Good morning, you temple of living stones and good morning, temple of the Holy Spirit. I'd like you to turn to your neighbour and say, she means you, you know. So today we're going to explore together what it is for the church to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. First, we're going to take a quick look at where the church being the temple of the Holy Spirit fits into the big story of God's heart for his people. And what does it tell us about God? Then we're going to zoom in on what that means for us today, now, as a church. What does it look like? What does it feel like? And finally, we're going to explore what that means for us as we go about our daily lives in the world around us. What is it that we carry and how can God use us? So I'm just going to pray and then we're going to get stuck in. Oh, Father, I just want to thank you for this time. I want to thank you for your word, your word that is living and active. And I want to ask you as we as we go into your word and we and we look at your desire for your people and we find out all kinds of things about you. I want to pray that you would open our eyes to see your truth and you would open our ears to hear your words Lord and I, most of all I ask you would you open our hearts to just love you more and to receive your word for us today and help our minds to understand Lord I pray in Jesus name Amen so I'd like you first of all to just close your eyes and I want you to think for a minute about the church. What is it that comes to mind as you think? Is it a building? Or is it something else? Or is it your reflection in the mirror? And now I want you to park that thought because we're going to come back to it later. So last Sunday, Colin spoke brilliantly on how we are living stones being built together and I really want to continue on from where he left off so we're going to revisit the verses and read them again so we're in Ephesians 2 and it's verse 19 through to 22 and I'm going to read it to you it says this so then you are no longer strangers and aliens but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple of the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So as we read that we see we are living stones, we're being built together, we're being joined together and Together we are growing into a holy temple, into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. 
And the interesting thing about this letter that Paul writes to the Ephesians is that there wasn't a particular occasion for him writing. You know, so often with Paul's letters, there's a problem that he's addressing. He's writing specifically to address the issue and to help them. Or he's writing to... um, uh, because of a particular occasion so he's writing because uh, some of his um, people are visiting the church and he wants them to know the church to know that they are going to say stuff that that he approves of or that they're representing him yeah so but that's not the case with Ephesians he's just writing I mean there is a problem he's under house arrest but it's not a problem in the church so He's writing to let them know how he's doing. So when you read Ephesians, you really get the feeling that he's that he's much, much freer to say what's just what's on his heart, just what he's passionate about. And he really clearly lays out the gospel message and he's so passionate in his uh, communication of it. So we get caught up in this description, this amazing description that Paul writes of the holy temple but i want to explore where does that sit in god's big story and what does it tell us about him well in this big story it all started in eden god made this garden and his desire was to dwell with adam and eve and it says the lord god was walking in the garden in the cool of the day it was all about god's heart to dwell with his people And then we know like sin enters in and there's a separation and Adam and Eve have to leave the garden. And when you read it from this stance, you can really feel the grief of God in it. God's heart is to dwell with his people. He wants relationship, but sin means that they can't dwell with him. So now we fast forward to Exodus in in this big story. Moses leads his people out of Egypt. They are free. God shows them that he's with them. The waters are parted to help them escape. He provides fresh bread each day and quail. Now, if you would like a fun conversation, it's good to check in with Anil at this point or later after the service because Anil has a lot of theories around how God might have gone about providing the millions of quail that he would have needed to provide it's a fun conversation so I recommend that to you anyway back to the story so God leads the people in uh, in the day with the pillar of smoke and the fire by night and he instructs them to build a tabernacle a tabernacle is literally a dwelling place for God it's a tent-like structure it's a dwelling place for God And then God fills the tabernacle with his presence because God's heart is to dwell with his people. He wants relationship. But the separation is still there. Only a priest can go into the place where God's presence was. And when you look at pictures that represent uh, this, the tabernacle, you see there's there's like a tent like fence on the around the tabernacle and where the people are staying in their tents. It's away from it. So there's still a separation. So now fast forward past David and Goliath, which is a great story, and on to David's son, Solomon. Now the tent is now replaced with a permanent structure, the temple. 
the dwelling place for God. And this temple is great in its design. It's a majestic place for a holy God to dwell. And God fills it with his presence. But the separation is still there. There's a curtain. But still God's heart is for relationship. His heart is to dwell with his people. So now we're going to skip some other stuff and fast forward to a night in Bethlehem. Yes, hold on to your hats. I'm about to talk about Christmas in August. It's going to be okay. <laughs> so now we have the star, the angels and this word Emmanuel, which means God with us. He's fully God and he's fully man. Jesus comes to dwell with his people. How amazing. The word became flesh and it says in John 1 verse 14, he dwelt among us. Now this word dwelt is the equivalent word for the same uh, dwelt as is described in Exodus where um, it talks about a dwelling place of God. So what it means is that Jesus, which we know Jesus is fully God, fully man. Jesus is God with his people, Emmanuel, God with us. Now, this is the moment that changes everything for eternity, because now the separation is going to be dealt with. Jesus, the perfect one, dies on the cross. He takes the sin of the world on his shoulders to pay the price for us. His death makes a way. It pays the price completely. And what happens? The temple curtain is torn in two. Now there is access through Jesus. He rises again. He defeats death as he does. And he brings new life in him for all mankind. Jesus made a way so that God and his people can dwell together again. God can dwell with his people, but now it's different. Now in this big story, it's no longer a temple building. It's the people of God who are the temple. The people of God who are the dwelling place of God. In Christ, by the Holy Spirit, you are what Paul is describing as living stones being built together as a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Doesn't it just make you like pause and just just be amazed? When we give our lives to Jesus, we become a new creation in Christ. He lives in us and it's sealed with the Holy Spirit as Colin was speaking about last week. Because it's God's heart to have relationships. It's God's heart to dwell with his people. And the big story continues. You know, the end of the big story is in Revelation, where it really clearly describes this incredible city. And it points out, it takes time to point out, there is no temple. There doesn't need to be a temple because God is fully present with his people. How amazing. Well, what does this big story, what does it all tell us about God? Well, God's desire 
as I've been saying, I've been drip feeding you in it to you in this in this time. His desire is for relationship. God's desire is to dwell with his people. His desire is to dwell in you, with you. That is why again and again and again in his big story of the temple, he shows us his heart to dwell with his people. And that's why Paul's heart is so stirred to write the truth that he writes in Ephesians. And again, in 2 Corinthians 6, Paul talks about how we're a temple of the living God. He quotes Old Testament scriptures where God has spoken to his people saying, I'm going to make my dwelling among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. His heart is for relationship. It's to dwell with his people. So what does that mean for us today, now, as a church? What does it look like? What does it feel like? Well, 1 Corinthians 3 says this, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? We, the church, are the dwelling place of God and he dwells with us as we gather. In his book Letters to the Church, Francis Chan says this, Gathering with the church should lead us to holy ground. You get to come and worship someone else alongside someone else. Do you ever wonder what the church looks like to God? Do you ever think about how does he see us? Well, the truth is he sees us in Christ because we're, we're clothed in righteousness. We're righteous in Christ. He, that's how he sees us. He also knows our failings. He knows our wanderings. He knows the pain and he knows the joy. But you, you are his beloved. You are his dearly loved ones. You are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And each one is a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. You carry a great kingdom in your heart. Do you see you carry such a great kingdom in your heart? You are chosen and you are loved. And you and I, we're being built together in that unity that comes in Christ. Just take a minute to look around you. Just see the value that God has placed in this room. See the value in Christ. Your brothers and sisters joined together, filled with the Holy Spirit and being built together to be the dwelling place of God. This is holy ground. He's here because he's a God that delights in relationship. He's a God that delights in dwelling with his people. And because the church is the temple of the Holy Spirit, we can have expectancy. We can anticipate encounter. But we also need to appreciate the privilege that we have as we worship him. As we gather on this holy ground, we can have expectancy because God is here. It's not like a museum where we have to admire him from a standpoint, you know, where where his where things about him are posted in beautiful frames on the wall. No, it's not like a museum. 
He's here. He's moving. He's interacting. He's delighting in our worship and he's receiving our praise. He speaks to us. He whispers love and truth. He interacts. He makes things jump out so that we pay attention to them. He's so good. We can anticipate encounter. He's dwelling with us. He's close to us. He's not far off. And we are free. We are free to draw near in the knowledge that as we do draw near to him, he also draws near to us. And as we do that, it's so good. It's just so good that we, when we allow ourselves to freely and joyfully and exuberantly appreciate this privilege that we have and we can do that as we praise him with thankful hearts because he's in the room we're not singing to the ceiling we're singing to a god that is present that is dwelling with us he's there he's dwelling with us and it's about him it's for his glory it's for his glory So in this big story of the dwelling place of God, when God filled the temple, something that you notice is as you as you go and study is that he always filled it to capacity. The presence of God was always so great again and again and again. This is how God fills. This is what he's like. These are his measures. He fills to capacity. He fills us with his Holy Spirit in the same way. So as we join together, we can look to God with expectancy. But I want to ask today, if we aren't looking to God with expectancy, is there a reason why? I mean, it's real, isn't it? You know, it can happen to any of us. And especially in this season of of coming out of um, the restrictions that we've been under, we have had a season of challenge. It's been a long season of challenge and um, we've all been through it and we're all continuing to walk through it. We've learnt to sustain ourselves in, in a really high uh, stress season where all the things that we were thought were certain weren't. It's been a time of shaking, hasn't it? So when we come to God, how are we coming to him? Are we disappointed that things aren't how we thought they would be? Or they aren't how we want them to be? Have we become discouraged and a, a little bit lost? Are we carrying hurt? Have we lost our vision of God's heart for his church? Maybe we might have fallen into the pattern of consuming. It happens. It happens to all of us. Have we forgotten that God delights in dwelling with his people, in filling them to overflowing? Or perhaps we disqualify ourselves. Do we look down on the church as a dwelling place of God. Some of these things creep in and they can take hold 
but we need to set our minds on the things above you know when we gather with him, when we when we spend time with him we need to we need to keep going to god we need to ask him to refresh our vision to bring new hope and to fill us afresh because the truth is you are not disqualified you are not too broken to be a dwelling place of god god knows you he knows you completely he knows the past the present and the future he knows your mistakes your struggles the things that you try and hide the bad habits the hurts and he chose you he chose you and right now he speaks life and grace over you as you draw near he wants you to repent of sin of course he does but he speaks grace over you because in him you are a living stone being built together to be a dwelling place for God it's a process and he says I will make my dwelling place among you beloved because God wants relationship and he delights to dwell with his people So what does that mean for us as we go about our daily lives in the world around us? Well, the brilliant thing about the church is that it's not confined to a couple of hours on a Sunday. It's so exciting to think about God's church like this. This temple of the Holy Spirit mobilises. In a little while, this temple right here is going to mobilise. It's going to move out like an army and it's going to move out into the world. It's going to go into homes, into shops, into schools, places of work, projects. And it's going to move out like a beacon, displaying God, bringing the kingdom with it, interacting and bringing hope and love. And then when it comes back together next week, it's going to focus in and it's going to worship God. It's going to lift him up because it's all about him. When, when it rises in worship, it joins in the song of generation upon generation. Every tribe, tongue, nation joins with the angels. It joins with all creation and it sings praise to God. Because he's worthy to receive all honour and glory. Another quote from this amazing book, Letters to the Church. Francis Chan says this about the church. You get to pour out love to him as you serve those around you, considering them more important than yourself. It's not about you and you're glad it's not about you because this is something greater than you. It is sacred. Our job as carriers of the kingdom, as temples of the Holy Spirit, is to reveal God to people around us. And this can be challenging because this means we need to be real We need to be vulnerable so that it's God's realness that is exposed. When we do that, we put Jesus on display. The people around us should know God by our love. They should see him as the source of our peace in our struggles. They should hear his voice as we speak life into situations and sense his presence because of the overflow. How do they see that? How do they see the overflow? 
Well, God's a God that fills to capacity, but how do we know it's capacity? Because we are overflowing. It gets messy. We are so full of the Holy Spirit that we're spilling it and sloshing it all over the place. You are the church. (laughs) You are the temple of the Holy Spirit and God delights to make his dwelling place with you. So just as we come into land today, I just want to go back to that question that I asked you at the beginning. You closed your eyes and you thought about the church. I want you to just go back to that picture that you thought about or or whatever it was, however it came across into your imagination. What did you see? What did you think about? Was it a building? Was it your reflection in the mirror or something else? I just want you to think about that. Was it the picture that God wants you to have of the church? God is dwelling with us and I want us to take some time to just draw near to him now and just let him work in us. Let's take some time to ask God to refine our hearts and minds and to receive his vision of church as his dwelling place. The things that you thought about, I want you to exchange them with him. I want you to take them to him, to give them to him and to see what he wants to change about your vision. Ask him, what do you want to change about what what I thought about or what I what I imagined? And just in these moments, I want you to be really courageous and vulnerable. Because this is a moment to, to change vision. This is a moment to respond to God. It's holy ground. Just before we close, I just want to uh, just share this picture. So several weeks ago, um, as I was preparing, God spoke to me about a backpack. And I just want to bring it to you and, and really because I feel like I felt him speak and I felt I felt it was appropriate for today. So the, I felt him speak and I felt him ask this question. Do we look at the church like a backpack that we're carrying? You know, full of responsibility, roles, rotors. Is this a dwelling place of works? Is it something that we've picked up like a burden? Because God doesn't want us to see it like a burden. It's a relationship. He's a God who desires relationship with his people. Deep, deep relationship. And he delights to dwell with his people. He wants you. And he wants you to be filled with his vision for the church. So we're going to take some time now to wait in God's presence. But I just want to read this to you to close. From Ephesians. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple of the Lord. 
In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit.